0: Pashas Yitzro, or if you're from Texas, Jethro. Jethro. So, Yitzro, Pashas Yitzro, the 18th chapter of Shemos, Exodus. And we will start with verse 1. Yitzro, the minister of Midian, the father-in-law of Moshe, heard everything that God did To Moshe and to Israel, his people, that Hashem had taken Israel out of land, of out of the land of Egypt. Yisro, the father-in-law of Moshe, took Zipporah, the wife of Moshe, after she had been sent away. uh, Her two sons, of whom the name of one is who? Gershom. Gershom, and and for he has said, I was a sojourner in a strange land. And the name of the other, Eliezer, for God is my father, uh, for the God of my father came to my aid, and he saved me from the sword of Pyro. Yethro, the father-in-law of most. Uh, let's stop right there. Let's stop first in uh, chapter, uh, verse 4. According to, to the Midrash, Yethro was quite an interesting character. He was the, I'm trying to think of someone in today's environment. He would be like the top theologian, but the top theologian in all pagan religions. He knew everything that there is to know. And the reason why he was the top source was he truly wanted to know the real creator of the universe. He really wanted to know who Hashem was. Many people, uh, and we've met these people before, some of you may be this type of person, who has gone from one spiritual journey to another, one religious experience after another, uh, one belief system after another, only to tshuva to and come back home to Torah and to find yourself firmly planted on the rock of your salvation, which is Hashem and His Torah. And for some, we will watch them journey for many years. And it's going to take, it's going to be that certain something that that illuminates their life, that wakes them up and helps them to realize. And each one of us, if we took time tonight to talk about it, we could all say, well, my moment of Awakening was this. My moment of awakening was that. According to Midrash, Yitro was uh, an advisor to Pyro at one time. And when Pyro tried to gather gather all of his wise associates from around the region, what should we do with these descendants of Abraham, these Hebrew people? Yitro said, "Have nothing to do." With any advice to harm them or to bring harm to them. This is a bad mood. Bad mood. Why would he say that unless he knew something a little bit about the Hebrew connection to Hashem? Right? Something Yitzhro knew that he was waiting on that right little moment. We're going to find that this parsha, and if you had time to to read Rabbi Kat's article that I posted today on the Facebook page, uh, you will get a a deeper glimpse into this idea that the story of Yitzhak is absolutely connected to the final redemption. The story is a pattern that is going to take place when uh, Mashiach, comes and delivers in the Shekinah of Hashem to the world. It is, it's a pattern that we see that's going to take place. And we know from what the prophets have said that in the end of age, in that day, that ten men will come from the nations or ten from every nation and grab a hold of the tzitzit of a Jew and say, take me to Mount Zion, and show us your God. The world is waiting. There are masses, if not hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people that are waiting for that particular sign. Some said, well, what was it that Yitzrah heard? What did he hear? Did he hear about the plagues? Did he actually hear that Moshe came back to Egypt and threw his staff down and it turned into a snake? Did he hear about the Nile turning into blood or the plague of frogs or fleas or, or lice, whatever it may be? what was it that finally it, it clicked? he knew this is the God of Abraham is the true one true God. Was it the Red Sea crossing? was it the deliverance of Egypt? What was it? or was it a combination of all and there's listen, there's many debate. Debates amongst the greatest minds of Judaism who have said many different things and a lot of fantastic opinions. But bottom line, this man was waiting for his sign. right? He was waiting for the right moment in which he would thoroughly be convinced. The biggest difference between the Jew and the non-Jew. Hashem says to the descendants of Abraham, To hear and do. To know that I am your God. Hear, do, and know that I am your God. The nations have to have a belief system. Do you make sense? They have to have a belief system. That's why you have this belief and that belief and that idea and this concept and this religion and that religion. And in reality, God never asks you to do more than to trust Him and to, to know His Torah, and know His Word, and to know that He is God. And what the nations are looking for is the answer. They've tried it in all types of religious belief systems. They've tested each one of them. They've tasted here. They've consumed this religious movement after one religious movement after another. And what we're finding is the vast majority of Americans today, who because America is considered uh, predominantly Christian correct the a, a large number of Americans in a recent poll this week that came out says that they believe in God but no longer affiliated which is alar- alarming to some extent to the Christian community the positive thing is they are they are this is the nation of the Gare Awakening This is the nation of the Yitro. The portion this week is Yitro coming up and finally saying, I want to become part of the people of Hashem. I want to make myself part of the nation. Whatever it requires me to do, I'll do. Why does Yitro do this? Because he says that that he... he, he heard everything that God did to Moshe and to Israel's people. Ankylos says this. Ankylos says the same thing. I thought I had wording was different. So he hears everything. He takes Zipporah. Why was Zipporah and and her two sons with her father? Because he
1: intended.
0: It sent them away. Why did he send them away? They didn't need. He didn't need his children, his wife to have to go through all this stuff. So he sent them back to be with the father-in-law. Obviously, the father-in-law, being a and, and according to midrash, he was a a priest. He was a priest, meaning this guy was like the high Kohen Gadol of of pagan religions. He was the great advisor. He knew everything about my, um, uh, religions of the time. But there was something missing. There was a key ingredient. What was it? Torah. So Yitro shows up with Gershom and his other son, Eliezer, Moshe's two sons. Um, Which I find it interesting, the root word of Gershom obviously means the gear. So this idea that Moshe was a stranger in a foreign land, meaning... That he still maintained his Hebrew identity in a, a foreign land. There's also this idea that that's what makes a person a gear. When they are then adopting themselves to the law of Hashem, and they are converting their soul and mind and body to Torah, they then become also a gear in their world. Does that make sense? They become a stranger in their, uh, in a strange land or or a sojourner in a strange land. Next, Yithro, the father-in-law of Moshe came with his sons and wife to the wilderness where he was encamped. Now, we're going to have this scene and it's going to break historically in the time frame here. It's real important to know this. The first place that we see in this conversation is that Yitro, his father-in-law, Moshe came to Moses with his son and wife, and into the wilderness where he was encamped by the mountain of God. And he said to Moshe, "I, your father-in-law, Yitro, have come to you with your wife and uh, and her two son and the two sons with her." Moshe went out to meet his father-in-law, and he prostrated himself and kissed him, and each re- uh, inquired about the other's well-being. Then they came into the tent. It's not really clear who actually prostrated and kissed each other. Mm-hmm. doesn't really say, but we can only assume it was mutual, okay? But Moshe being a very uh, humble man, more than likely he prostrated himself. It says that they went into the tent and Moshe told, let's go to verse 8. Not yet, verse 8. Moshe told his father-in-law everything that Hashem had done to Pharaoh and Egypt for Israel's sake, all the travail that had fallen uh, fall, befallen them on the way, and that Hashem rescued them. Yithro rejoiced over all the good that Hashem had done for Israel, that he had rescued it from the land of Egypt, Egypt. Yithro blessed his uh, blessed blessed is Hashem who has rescued from the the hand of Egypt and from the land of Pharaoh, who has rescued the people from under the hand of Egypt. Now I know that Hashem is greater than all gods, for in that very matter in in which the Egyptians had conspired against them. um, Moshe... Father, uh, the, Jethro, the father of Moshe, took an elevation offering, feast offering before God, and Aaron and all the elders of Israel came to eat bread with the father law and Moshe before God. So, let's stop there. Jethro hears this amazing story. We talked about the pattern of of redemption that will take place based on this one would ask especially in this community would ask well when is the great you know this when what's the sign remember we talked about the sign of redemption and we talked about when the children of Israel came across the Red Sea they pointed their finger and said there that is our God what is the sign is the sign in the water is it in the dry land Is the the sign of God or the miraculous sign of God, the miracle in in the Red Sea splitting? What did they actually see? What they saw was the cutting off of Egypt and the deliverance. God reaching in and taking them out. Do you hear me? Hashem reaching in and taking them out. When will the nations hear and understand clearly that there is only one God? when they see God deliver Israel once again in the end of days. They're going to see it. It's all all through the prophets talk about the day in which the nations will stand, in my translation, gobsmacked, at how God has delivered Israel. Already, I think that we're living in a day in which people have just gotten sort of comfortable with the idea. But if you just think of prior to 1958. Most Christians had fully developed the theology that they were the new Israel. Why?
1: Because
0: there was no Israel. There was no Israel. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And the idea of a state of Israel being birthed again would be like impossible, right? It's just it's not going to happen. There's not a state of Israel. It's just not going to happen. And right before our very eyes... In a single day, Israel is born. A single day.
1: And isn't that what the Bible says? Yeah. Absolutely that that. what the Bible says. Yeah.
0: Listen, the reason why that we're all in this room and we are convinced, just like Moshe and the children of Israel, and Yithra was convinced, Yithra wasn't there. He didn't see. <laughs> he heard. That is the difference. The descendants of Abraham see. They see the nations will hear and they will begin to convert their heart. What is it that they heard? They heard, he heard Moshe explain the report. What is going to bring the nations in the end of days is when they begin to hear and process how Israel once again has been saved and the prophet's words are coming true. Why do you think in in this century the 21st century, are we seeing such a grand awakening of people coming to Torah that are not Jews? Why? Because you have heard your entire life this story. You've seen it played out on TV. You've watched it in the news. You've heard of the Six-Day War. You've heard of Yom Kippur War. You've heard of how over and over there has been this, this national or international agenda to divide the state of Israel and yet Israel continues to march forward. (coughs) It continues to develop as a state. Excuse me. Against all odds. Against all odds. Continue. Why are we convinced in this room? Because every time we turn around we discover that there is undeniable evidence that the Torah is the Torah of Moshe given to him by Hashem it was not given to him by anything in society it wasn't given to him by the political process that he came out of it wasn't given to him by the people and their vote it was given to him because Moshe ascended into the mountain he ascended he went into the mountain and received a divine download. How do we know that? There is no other book in human history that is capable of doing what it, is, it has done to prophetically predict with such absolute accuracy as to what would happen with the nation of Israel. Can you imagine... Moshe is standing before the children of Israel before they cross over into the, the, uh, into the land. And what does he tell them? He tells them of what is going to befall them. Think about it. And you know what? I am sure at this moment they were so excited about getting their land and having their children and growing farms and vineyards that that probably went in one ear and out the other. No one was paying attention to that. Who would even know? But lo and behold that very thing took place that they would go into the land they would become fat and sated in the in the food that they eat and they will say we have all of this because of our what our own hand our labor, our labor. and it is not long before they have a king and they divide in their kingdoms and before long they're worshipping false gods or they're worshipping God through their own system of idolatry it all, The prophets came along and told them that they would be kicked out of the country. If you do these things, you will be kicked out of the country. And it says, and no one would have ever believed 75, 80 years ago, if you would have preached a message or taught a message or if you would have heard a lecture in a university, that all of a sudden, Hashem is going to wake up the nation of Israel and give them their home because He's going to fulfill a covenant promise that the prophet Ishiah, Ezekiel, or Isaiah, has, has spoken. They'd all laugh you out of the school, right? But yet, the sages and the rabbis continue in their teaching in their yeshivas and continue telling their children that the restoration is coming, that Mashiach is coming, and that redemption is coming. Hold fast, hold the Torah, continue to drive yourself to ascend to higher places and one day will merit the final redemption.
1: There's always been a handful,
0: always been a handful. Of,
1: of Jews keeping the Torah. Correct. And, and now comes the time right. where it's, right. it's growing more and more.
0: Absolutely. This is the deal. Has it ever been about the masses? No. Never? No. So is that is there such a thing as a logic? is this a logical arg- argument? Well, the vast majority of people believe X, Y, Z. with the people of Israel at this time, the vast majority of the nations, did they believe anything that Moshe was getting ready to teach? No. Very unique what Moshe was getting to bring down from Sinai. All they had was the laws that came from Adam, and they were pretty much common sense laws, right? But the idea of this, the idea is this, is that it's always been about a minority that would attach themselves to Hashem. And... What, in, what is going to bring the redemption in the final days is because that minority of people from the time of Abraham forward have constantly walked with Hashem. Think about you, how much of a minority can you get this? Abraham and his wife and his servants. That is a big minority. I mean, there's nobody believed like Abraham besides Shem, right? My cousin. Niles,
1: remember when uh, Abraham pleaded for uh, Sodom and Gomorrah and said, if there are ten... If there were ten. If there were five. You right.
0: Know, not five like no. me, just five people that are righteous enough That's not right. to kill. Right? right? Yeah, exactly.
1: Well, I, I read a, a commentary by one of the rabbis. I've got to start writing down who I... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I thought it was really interesting because it said, well, was Abraham the first righteous man? Well, no, no, it was. Correct. But... When when Hashem told Noah he was going to destroy the world and build an ark, Noah didn't plead. Mm-mm. No, not people, at all. Like Abraham. Uh, right. And I thought, wow, yeah, that's right. quite insightful. I well, think the he, only two were Abraham and Moses that pleaded for the people. Right. Well, it
0: says that that Noah was righteous in his generation. Right. Sure. Compared to everybody else, pretty righteous. But right. I've always said, uh, beware if you are outstanding in a mediocre environment all right. right i mean if you're outstanding in a mediocre environment i'm not sure that we should brag about it right yeah, that's right you don't want that on your on your on your what do you call it your efficiency report at the job yes he's outstanding amongst the lowest people in, a, in the in this work environment it's like Yee, I'm, I'm great right so uh my my trainer thought oh so what we're going to see And we're seeing the ripple effect of it today is those who have gone through all types of system of religious beliefs trying to find God are waking up and realizing there is only one God. Mm -hmm. There's only one Torah. You can have all kinds of wonderful belief systems, but there's only one God and there's only one Torah. But the
1: only way you get to that point is to hear the Torah.
0: You've got to hear it Mm -hmm. from Moshe.
1: Yes.
0: From Moshe. He wanted to hear himself. Listen, surely he could have stayed where he was at in Midian and continued to ponder the ideas, but he didn't. He broke down and came to uh, Moshe. It says that there are three things that a person would need to do to become a convert. One would be circumcision, the Brit. Second would be mikvah for ritual cleansing. Third, to bring a convert. If you did those three things, nobody can tell you you're not a convert. Right? Nobody can tell you you're not a Jew anymore. If you are capable of doing those three things, forget it. You've done You've done your job. So the idea here is, is Yitro came to Israel in their encampment, came to where Israel's encampment was in the wilderness, for the sole purpose to follow after Hashem you and i know people right now as we know that are either living a secular life maybe they're searching after some levels of spirituality somewhere but they're waiting for the sign be patient
1: just
0: be patient don't don't fret it when the right time comes they'll all know they'll all know listen the most beautiful the most beautiful verse that i I see of prophets is the verse that says that in that day we will have no need to go to our neighbor and say, do you know Hashem? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Is there a better verse than that? Mm -hmm. I mean, wouldn't you love to be in an environment where everybody knows Hashem like you do? Mm -hmm. There has been this idea that has floated at one time or another will Mashiach bring a different Torah or another Torah and the reason why this question comes up well, there are a couple of reasons uh, but the, the main reason is the concept that he said that he would make a new covenant with the house of Israel and that he would write his Torah upon their heart and what does it mean? We all know Rashi goes over and over explaining in the 13 principles, or Maimonides, Rashi, Maimonides, uh-huh. 13. 13 principles, that you, you know, you, the, the Torah is eternal. Right? It's eternal. Meaning that it existed before Moshe. It existed before Adam. Torah has always been. You cannot separate Hashem from His Torah. What Adam had to Moshe and passed down through the generations to Shem and to Yaakov and Avraham, Yaakov and uh, Yitzhak was the the Torah of Hashem. Did Moshe bring a new Torah at Zion? No. What did he do? He brought it into, into concepts that the people could do. They could actually have it measured and they could understand it. They could understand the details and the nuances of every part of the Torah. Before then, they just knew, we don't work on Shabbos. Mm -hmm. But now they understand what it means not to build a fire. Right? They understood what it meant. To bring a sacrifice to Hashem. You could bring it anywhere. And then when the, the Mishkan was built, what did Hashem say? Do not bring a sacrifice any place that I have not placed my name. You see that? So we see the very same Torah, but now Moshe, in in, in characteristic of Mashiach. You understand? He defined this Torah that came from Adam in such a way that people was like, Wow, never understood it that way. So when Mashiach comes, it says that he will speak Torah to the nations. And when he speaks Torah to the nations, it will be the same Torah that Moshe had. It will be the same Torah Abraham had. It will be the same Torah that Noach and Shem had. It will be the same Torah that Adam knew from the very beginning, except he will teach it in ways that the sages could never have explained it. Mm -hmm. We have all struggled over our short span of life and studying of Torah to understand things, and we dig through volumes of books, the Midrash, and Humash, and Thatmash, and that Thatim, all to try to find out what the experts have said. And we find out that there are more questions than we have answers sometimes, right? You find out that. Even with the experts, there are things that they can't explain. And even with the best of their explanation, one day, one day from Mount Zion, Torah will come out like a fresh running water. And it will illuminate the eyes and the ears of all the people in the nation. And those who have prepared and studied Torah before that time, Instantly, you will understand. You will have the downloads that Moshe would have received. Uh-huh. The yeah, aha. The uh-huh. aha moment. That's what I think of. Absolutely. The, <laughs> the aha moment. And it will be taught, and the nations will understand. And, and then, no one will doubt. No one will have a second guess. And, and that, to me, is astounding. I just can't even, can you fathom what that's going to be like? how amazing and how beautiful that's going to be. I'll be able to go into the corner store where my great Muslim brothers are at and we can talk about Hashem and His Torah. You can say Baruch Hashem. I can say Baruch Hashem, absolutely. And be Anyone. greeted like that.
1: And everyone will
0: agree. And everyone will agree. Can you imagine what that's going to be like? May it be in our day. Yes. Yitro brings an elevation offering. We talk about the timeline being split. This is debatable, okay, guys? So there are some who say, no, Yitro came. He came before Torah was given. He left before Torah was given. Others say, no, he came after Torah was given. Others say, no, he came before and stayed till after Torah was given and then returned, okay? But we cannot get away from this. In verse 13, it says, It was the next day that Moshe sat to judge the people. What's the next day? Next day of what? The next day of
1: what? Huh? Well, that's
0: the assumption.
1: That's what I would think.
0: Right, that's the assumption. But, I want you to turn to... Hold on. Verse, uh, chapter uh, chapter 19 verse 16 when you when you see something like this this points to possibly a, an explanation okay I'm not saying definitively because if the sages can't agree who, who am I to, to say one way or another but it says, "On it was on the next day that Moshe sat to judge the people. Okay, now turn to chapter uh, 19, verse 16, and it says, On the third day, it was morning. There was thunder and lightning and heavy cloud on the mountain, and the sound of the shofar was very powerful. The tired people of the camp had shuddered. Moshe brought forth the camp toward God, and they stood at the bottom of the mountain, All of Sinai was smoke, uh, smoking because Hashem had descended upon it in the fire, and the smoke ascended like the smoke of the furnace. And Hashem, uh, verse twenty, Hashem descended upon the mount, Mount Sinai, upon the top of the mountain. Hashem summoned Moshe to the top of the mountain, and Moshe ascended. It is after it appears that after Moshe descended, and began to bring, you know, to to help teach the laws of God. And to bring judgment amongst the people by sharing with them the different particulars about the law, that this is when Yithro said, You got a problem. What was the problem?
1: He was the only one straightening out the discussion.
0: He was trying to handle it all himself. Yes. Now why? Because we all know it's important. Moshe is the guy that went to see in the face of God. You went to He's the one
1: that got the download. He got
0: the download. He okay. should be the one to do it.
1: And I think
0: that everybody sought him. He Absolutely, everyone sought him.
1: Wanted his approval, even though he, he may have right. said, "Go ask so and so," but they wanted
0: him. Right. So, here here is a here is a thought. I I find it interesting that Yuthro is the one who is able to make this observation. How is it that Yuthro was able to make this observation? He
1: didn't have a slave mentality. That's one. A That's priest. good.
0: He was a priest. That's very good. That's good. What else do you think? What else? Anything else? How about he had? He, he was looking at it from the other side. You know, you can get a different perspective because you came in from the outside. Have you ever heard an outsider's perspective? Or as an outsider, I would say, why? Because outsiders coming in has sort of a, a different view of things. What according to midrash? What does Yethro see? He sees the people of the nations living in the far reaches of the corners of the camp because they weren't on the inside of the camp. Disputing with one neighbor or the other. And it's like, how in the world do you ever expect them to learn the Torah if you've got your people standing here before you day in in and day out while you're sitting trying to explain one person at a time what they should do? Because if you don't find a new way of dispensing the Torah out to the nations, to the people that are in the camp, you, you'll you wear yourself out. This is a, just an impossible. And what does he say? It is not just for the people. This is not good for the people. This is not a good move. Wasn't so much he was concerned about Moshe. Moshe was sitting down. He, did, he was just sitting down. It was the people standing patiently, lines around... The block, trying to get in to see the great rabbi, right? Moshe Rabbeinu. The the fresh perspective of Yithro helps to bring about what is known as the extra chapter or the extra portion brought into Torah. Yes, sir?
2: In Israel and Tiberias, the uh, Druze sect of uh, Islam, Judaism, whatever, become a mysterious group, uh, they have this, I'll call it a mosque, close to Tiberias, and in there, they claim to have a a bone of Jethro. Really? Yeah, and uh, men or women do not go in there uh, with sleeves and their head not covered. Really? Right. And also in Tiberias, so they all kind of migrated right that part. So there was a well uh, on the Sea of Galilee called the, uh, the Spring of Merriam, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, suppose a Great healing took place at the Spring of Miriam. Right. So when they left, I guess, Jordan or where they left, right. migrate that There's a whole uh, history of Jethro mm-hmm. and Merriam Really?
0: That would be interesting to uh, to do a historical yeah, it, study. This, this
2: it. is all marble, this, this right. mosque, it's new, big parking lot.
0: Uh, well, we, we know for sure that uh, Yethro and his descendants were, I mean, they, they became like the Jewish people. Uh, and many of their descendants had close relationship with them for centuries, right? I mean, they were just, it was an amazing relationship that they had with them. So, it took an outsider's perspective to find out, to teach Moshe a little, a little view here and there. It took somebody with an outside view. We'll close with this idea. For though I'm trying to figure out if I should say this. I'm just trying to figure out how to say it. One of the things that Ira Michelson and myself discuss on a regular basis, because of the, um, the unique perspective that both of us come from, is do we have a right to say anything since we're outsiders? You understand no. the thought, right? Because you're outsiders, it's like, eh, ah, just keep your mouth shut and just stick with the program and I have debated very seriously about whether I should offer any level of observation because of that position that I have. I'm an outsider, you know, I'm just coming in with new fresh eyes, why should I, you know, they've been doing this for a long time and why should I try to do anything to contribute? And then I came across this portion and it hit me like a ton of bricks. There is a responsibility. Now, mind you, Yitro and Moshe had a relationship. So Yitro wasn't coming in telling the king of... He, he called him the king, right? He's the king of your people, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he really had a tremendous respect for Moshe. So it wasn't as if he came in, you know, uh, thinking he's going to tell Moshe how to run his business. But they had that kind of relationship. And I think in an environment where we have that kind of relationship there is something that you can contribute to the world of Torah and to the world of people who are searching. Don't think of yourself being lesser because you have not been raised studying Torah. At the same time, remember that the world is full of Yethro's, Jethro's. The world's full of them, and they're waiting on a sign. What is the sign that your friend might be looking for? You don't know. What is the sign of your spouse might be looking for? You don't know. But one day they will come to you and they will acknowledge the fact that God has done this work in the life of the Jewish people and in your life. And one day they will turn their heart to Him as well. Amen? Amen. Let's all say shalom. shalom. We'll see you guys later. Blessings.